Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. I'm speaking to you from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey. Happy to be welcoming Peggy Green, who is a mother, a teacher, a survivor, a speaker, a leader, a grief coach, and an Amazon best-selling author to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Peggy's two bachelor's degrees are in business marketing and exercise science, and she will be speaking to us today from Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Peggy has experienced the loss of two of her four children, her daughter Courtney by accident in 1991, and her son Connor by suicide in 2018. The truly remarkable ways Peggy overcame these two devastating losses informed her first book titled Life After Child Loss, The Mother's Survival Guide to Cope and Find Joy, which has helped hundreds of readers on their grief journey. And she was also inspired to create and develop her dynamic grief survival program through which she has helped mothers grieving the loss of their children to heal. I'm looking forward to talking with Peggy about her personal experiences with grief, the way she was able to move forward after her tragic losses and her about to be released new second book titled Survive Child Suicide. And Peggy, let me make sure that I'm getting this right. Survive Your Child Suicide, How to Move Through Grief to Healing. You may not know that suicide is the 10th leading cause of death among adults in the United States and the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 24. This is an especially timely interview because September has been designated National Suicide Awareness Month. Hey, Peggy, a warm welcome to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Irene, and thank you for that lovely introduction. And I want to say welcome to all the listeners. So um, I'm excited to what we've got coming up and stay tuned for some fun information while we're dealing with a heavy topic. We can also educate you and help you. Yeah, absolutely. That's what this is all about. So this is kind of an interview that gives you a hug. So here we go. So Peggy, could you describe what your life was like before your daughter Courtney's tragic accident, before all of this started happening to you? Yes. Yeah. So Courtney was the first of four children ultimately that I had. And, you know, so she was at that time, my only child and I was living a great life, um, had been married for about five years and, you know, had Courtney and I'd gone back to work and, but she was just the love of my life. 
and she was at nine months old, just starting to become mobile. She was starting to move around and become more of that, than that infant just blob, you know, that she was forming and having personality and smiling and, and starting to be mobile and roll around and anticipated that she would be crawling soon. And she had fuzzy blonde hair, beautiful eyes, and just a smile and a face that looked like her grandfather's. But she was my joy and she was my life. And I so dearly loved her and, and life was good. Life was good. And then that happened. That happened. She, yeah. So let's talk about that. So you've survived two stunning life altering losses. Courtney by accident in 1991 and your son Connor by suicide in 2018. Please tell us about, we learned just now, learned a little bit about Courtney, but tell us more about Courtney and of course about Connor. Could you describe how you lost each and reveal the different ways each of these devastating losses impacted your life? I mean, one you lost as an infant and the other was grown. As Had a, young a very adult. different experience, yes. Yeah, and you just coined it there, Irene, that it's just a very different experience. And you know, at the time, Courtney was my only child. And then I went on to have three more children. And Connor was the um, number three out of four children. And Courtney died in a daycare accident. And, and as I mentioned, life was good. I was working. And um, her father, doing, by the way, just curious, what were you doing for work? Um, I was I was working at um, a rental car agency at an airport. And okay. that had a big play in what I was doing because as a manager, you know, in working it, I, the Denver area, it was Denver International Airport and, or Stapleton, excuse me, it was Stapleton Airport, but it was, especially during the height of our season, which is ski season, planes could be delayed. And as a manager, I was responsible for staying until those planes landed, or I was responsible for being there early in the morning. So I didn't have a typical you know, eight hour shift. Many times my shifts were 10, 12 hours. And so I, and I would start at six o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the afternoon and be there until wow. midnight. And her father was traveling as with his job, his career in um, sales. And so a traditional daycare didn't work. You know, I could need to drop her off at five o'clock in the morning or pick her up at 2 a.m. And my parents um, didn't live close enough to really help me out. So we wound up finding a woman who was very much, I don't think a bad person at all. She just made an error in judgment. She was like a grandmother. She was a grandmother because she had kids and she loved kids. However, her home was not licensed as a daycare. And when we chose her, we knew that. We chose her because she was that grandmother that she cared and that she was close to us and that it would work with our schedules. And so in this, um, because it was unlicensed, it wasn't safe. And unfortunately we found out how unsafe it was. And so that was just, you know, for me to get that phone call at work and, and the, Police telling me, it's like, you need to get to the hospital. We'll send a patrol to come get you or have a coworker drive you. And this was long before cell phones. This is 31 oh years, 31 years. And I couldn't get a hold of her dad. I got a hold of my parents. My parents actually beat me to the hospital. And when 
I pulled into that driveway. My coworker did all the illegal things, you know, going through red lights, rush hour traffic. And, and when we pulled into that um, driveway of the emergency room, my father was there and then another man. And as soon as I got close enough to see the other man's name tag, it said chaplain. Oh my God. I knew instantly that Courtney was dead. How tragic, how sad. How did that, let's talk about that. How did that impact your life at that time? And then we'll talk about Connor. Yeah. Because you, you know, probably, it, I mean, did people understand the grieving process? Did they understand what that had to be like for you? No, not really. You know, I had a, a, some very close friends that a small, I would say two, maybe three that were close enough to me who hung with me throughout this whole process. And, you know, those who felt my pain, my mom and my sister were alive at the time. And so that made a huge difference and they supported me, but there wasn't the support that there is available now. Like people like myself as a grief coach or the books, child death was swept under the rug and you didn't talk about it. And that was very evident also with my ex-husband. He didn't want to talk about her. He didn't feel comfortable. And it wasn't until after I'd had three more children and my youngest daughter was about a year old that I was able to actually tell all three of them, my three additional children, that they had had an older sister because oh their dad didn't want to talk about it. Wow. And I had to do that for myself. And I wanted to make sure that they knew. I chose to tell them without their father's um, permission. But I felt that it was necessary because it, she was the elephant in the room. We'd go to an event with other friends and they're like, they can't talk about Courtney. And it made it very difficult. And I felt that I needed to talk about her and my kids needed to know about her. Right. And today it's so different. People are encouraged to talk about their children. People are communicating with their children on the other side. People are doing all kinds of things. So, so let's move on to Connor. So what happened there and how was it different for you when you lost Connor? Yeah. And this is very different. I can definitely tell you that Irene and, you know, Connor made a decision. Connor chose suicide and as I've done so much research and my own experience finding out, educating myself about suicide has made me understand it enough that I can accept it. But he was 24 and to me, he, he was facing 24 year old young adult challenges, you know, establishing his career and, you know, relationships and moving and, um, it was all these things that I was like, they didn't seem like they were anything out of control. Yeah, they were like normal rite of, rite of passage types of things that he was doing. Yeah, yeah. And that's why um, I had felt. And then there was some backstory that I, I found out later as I was researching and finding out some more. He had some other things that were going on. And then one day, something at work happened and it got too heavy. And then he took his life. Wow. at work one day. And honestly, I read, I don't think he woke up on that Friday morning and said, you know what? I think I'm going to kill myself. 
I don't think that's what happened. I don't think that's what was on his thoughts. I think it was in the moment that maybe it had been maybe ruminating through him. It's like, gosh, life is tough. I don't know how to get out of this. But that event on that day pushed him over the edge. Wow. Who, who um, this happened at work? It happened at work? It happened at Again, work. you got a call. Yes, I, I got a call and I was driving home in rush hour traffic and Connor passed December 14th of 2018. And, you know, um, that just that. I was in the middle of thinking about Christmas and then my world just got turned oh upside gosh. down. Absolutely. Yeah. And to go back to where he was, I mean, that flashback of like, oh, I'm in traffic again and I'm getting this phone call and I'm getting yeah. this horrible news that my son has not only passed away, but he's chosen suicide. Right. I mean, it must have triggered you back to so many different things. So you were inspired to become a grief coach in honor of Connor, though. So why do you why did that why did that inspire you? And why do you call moving through grief to healing like walking across a rope bridge? Yeah. You know, Irene, and, and I think this is one of those things when we look back at on our life experiences and, and, and go, aha, this has been preparing me for this moment, for what I do. So really, I come from a background, as you mentioned, I have degrees, um, business marketing, one in exercise science, that exercise science took me into personal training. So I'm very involved in the health and wellness and I've coached people in personal training. I've done nutrition consulting. I've done, you know, bigger life wellness coaching. So I have all that experience of working with people for change to move forward and find things that they want. And so I looked at that and said, I have all this experience. And then the really big piece that inspired me to go through and start to work with and help mothers move through that physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual suffering was to help them to live that fully fulfilling and productive life. But it all started because I started journaling on Facebook. You know, as odd as it seems is so, yes, of course, I posted pictures of me in tears. I posted sad moments and how I was feeling. But when I looked about four, five, six months, I started seeing that my posts and the voice, and what I mean by voice is how I was thinking, was it all bad? I was starting to share how I was starting to move through my grief and saying, okay, yeah, this was a bad day, but this is what I did. And along that, I started having friends, family, and Facebook friends say, this is amazing. You're helping me. You need to write a book. That's fabulous. Now, how do you like in moving through grief, like walking across a rope bridge? Yeah, you know, um, what I think, again, to me, this is being outdoors and you have this rope bridge. And if you think about a rope bridge that the handrails are made out of rope and, and a lot of times the, the footsteps the, are planks that are unstable and you swing back and forth in this rope bridge and it goes up and down with a weight of things. And so to be able to cross this from one side of a ravine, which is where you were before this happened, you know, the peace and joy. And then all of a sudden it becomes that sadness, then that grief and taking a 
coming across that rope bridge to that other side where there's hope and healing and to be able to navigate that. So it's taking you from one, you know, this desperation, despair, and grief and walking across all the components of that bridge to come to the other side. Oh, that really is a great analogy. It really is. And it, and, uh, it can feel very burdensome at, at some points as, as it's swinging back and forth and things are changing. I could, I could really identify with that. So I know you connected with Connor through a medium. So how did that help you? And are you now able to connect with him on your own? And is he helping you now to help others? Oh, absolutely. You know, this has been really quite interesting. Um, a medium reading was gifted to me through one of my friends who said uh, using a medium had helped her tremendously. And it was interesting, even as we started that first session, my girls were with me. We you know, did it um, over the phone and the phone was on the coffee table and the speaker was on. But the medium even told me, she goes, you've got this already. You know how to connect with them which I found really interesting um, with that. But it was very helpful because for me, it helped answer some of those questions that we kept asking and for his explanation to really give me some of that relief and, and, and peace in, in knowing, in knowing that he does come. I mean, the day of his funeral, I mean, the, the medium reading was several months because I really contemplated on it, um, on whether or not to accept the gift. But the day of his funeral, I got up and ran, you know, I'd love to get out and run. And there was a beautiful sunrise and we shared the love of sunrises. And so I knew even that day that his presence was with me, that he was gifting me with that sunrise. Wow. And so now when you ask about how is he helping me to move through this, it's because this is where I am. You know, I've written one book. The second one is wrapping up, being released, but knowing that through that medium that he's wanted, wants me and his sisters to carry on. And I'm carrying on by helping other mothers who have experienced child loss by suicide and hit, you know, because I got that message that he told me, I'm not done. He's not done because he's guiding me. And, and I know that he's telling me, it's like, mom, you got this. You're helping others. You, you, you can do this. I'm not on earth, but you're doing this to help others because of me. That's right. He's your inspiration. Yeah. I can totally relate. Um, could you tell us about your grief to healing program and how has it helped, uh, say one or two mothers grieving the loss of their children to heal? Yeah, absolutely. Program that's helping people who find themselves in this situation. Yeah. You know, and so really what I have taken is all my experience of that personal trainer and nutrition and the wellness, and then all the experience that I've gained in moving through the loss of two children. Now, it's not just my two children. I've had other losses in my family. Both my parents have passed away. My sister passed at 53. Wow. I've had cousins. Um, I, had a, I had a niece actually nine years prior to Connor's death. She also took her life by suicide. And so I've been exposed to a lot of death, a lot of grief, and have through the years 
brought together practical experience, tools and resources to help people navigate that. And so that's what's inspired me to do this. So the grief to healing is based on 30 years, 30 plus years of going through this process, practical tools, proven tools, things that I know have worked for me and that they can work for another mom. Sure. It sounds so perfect for that situation. Um, I mean, you're the person no one ever wants to, to call, but when you're, but thank God you're there. <laughs> That's, it sounds like yes. to me. Uh, you're, you have this new, this, you're about to be released. Second book is titled Survive Your Child Suicide, How to Move Through Grief to Healing, Peggy. What do people need to know to be able to understand suicide? And what would you like to tell everyone about your book? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You know, um, I personally found that learning about suicide and that big why, but also with that, knowing others with the who, what, when, where, how, and then wrapping up with the why was very helpful. And mm-hmm. so understanding why, and I, the biggest takeaway that I can say from that why is that so many times is that our loved ones, our children are experiencing pain, physical, mental, emotional, maybe even spiritual, and they don't know how to get out of it. They don't know how to end it. And the only resolution that they know is to end their life because that takes away the pain. And I think that understanding that is huge because we ask like, why, why didn't they talk to me? Why didn't I see the signs? Why didn't I see the symptoms? Um, why, 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 why? But I think understanding just even that simple thing. And I think the other thing is knowing that asking why is normal. And I also truly believe that you've got to give up the sense of knowing the answer. You can come close, you can come very close, but you will not know 100% why. And I think releasing that is huge because you'll drive yourself crazy trying to figure out why. So it sounds to me like one of the keys that you're helping with people with is acceptance. Yes, ma'am. They can't change it, but they're learning to accept it. So tell us what you'd like to tell people about your book. Why should they why should they hang out until September and grab that book right from wherever they can get it and get that book? What well, that it, Irene, you actually hit, you know, you've mentioned the three phases of grief to healing and acceptance is actually my first phase. I very much so found that I it was very important to learn to accept what had happened. And this is, I mean, it came very much into light with Connor, but when I look back and, you know, hindsight's 2020 that, yeah, I learned to accept that this had happened for all the other family that have, have gone before me and to be able to accept that and think it's like, well, what would they want me to do? What, how would they want me to carry on? So yes, um, acceptance is a huge piece. And I start with that. And, you know, and then, as you mentioned, talk about fear. Yeah, let's talk about fear because because the pain of healing causes people to become paralyzed, stuck and unable to move forward. So you say there are five types of fear. So could you talk about, please talk about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great question. Um, one of the things is with acceptance is like, sometimes you can have this fear of letting go. You're not letting go of the memory. You're letting go of feeling responsible that you did something. And the fear of letting go can also make you feel like, well, if I let go, I'm going to not remember my loved one. I'm not going to remember my child. And that's not the truth. That's the fear of letting, you know, that that fear is stopping you. And you will always remember them. But you deserve to move forward and to carry on with your life. We have that fear of healing. You know, it's, it's you can be in this place of, of, of pain and grief, but then go, I don't want to face what it takes to heal because it's going to hurt. Well, you're hurting here. Well, you're, you're going to hurt here, but it's going to, by going through that, you're going to get better. The best analogy I can give you with on that, Irene, is I love analogies, is like if you go, if you break your arm, okay, you fall down, slip on the ice, and you break your arm. Well, you consult someone, you go get x-rays, you get a temporary cast, um, a sling, then you get a cast, but you go and have that taken care of. And, and if you didn't get taken care of, you wouldn't heal. So it's necessary to get that done. Or let's say you had to have surgery. Well, yeah, that can be painful, but ultimately in the end, you know that you're going to be better after you go right. through that surgery. So that's the same thing when it comes to your healing and the fear of the unknown. What's going to happen? How am I going to feel? How am I going to respond? Well, we don't have control of everything. And sometimes it's letting things be organic to be able to give you that chance to move through it. But the thing is, is that through my grief coaching, you learn how to handle those things when they come up to give you tools and resources. The fear of judgment. Um, that's, and, big. that's big. <laughs> yes, the fear of judgment. And you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't. You know, let's, you know, just take, for example, if, if I'm healing and, and somebody finds me out running or playing pickleball or doing something fun, then what happens is like, oh, shouldn't you be home grieving? I'm judging you. You're happy. Or the other end is people in today's society expects us to move through our losses. So it's like, you should be over this by now. Yeah, what's wrong? Aren't you done? <laughs> you know, um, so there's both sides of that, of that judgment and the fear of being judged or the fear of expressing your emotions. Like, well, what's somebody going to say? I'm at work and I'm crying. You know, I'm at the grocery store and, you know, the song that came over the PA system just triggered me, you know, the fear of those judgments. So being able to address that. And then one of the others, and, and I don't think I ever experienced this. It not something that stuck with me, but the fear of losing another loved one. Um, I have seen too many times, and I think more so with suicide because of that choice that somebody made that a parent, a mother now may become so afraid that one of their other children is going to do the same. And that fear can drive everything. It can drive your relationship, 
you know, it can become like a um, an event where you're constantly with that child becoming a helicopter mom because you're fearing that another child's going to do something or another loved one is going to be involved in an accident that puts you on edge. So these fears are just crazy fears. I help you to address those and have the tools. And if they come up again, then you can navigate them. And to me, we'll swing back to that rope bridge. You know, so with acceptance, we're on on the side where things are ugly and and cold and dank. and, And you see on the other side, this hope. And you start to take a step forward. Then once you hit on that rope bridge, that's where it gets scary. Because think of this, it's like you're looking down, the walls are steep, there's water, you know, you don't know if you're going to be able to make that next step. And so you have that fear. And I think that I equate to so much of the rope bridges and fear is in that middle portion where you're having to navigate this. But the hope that you see on that other side helps to drive you forward. You may take a step forward and two steps back and three, but you're still navigating it and being able to move. In knowing that you're going to go through some pain and, and face some obstacles, but there's that hope on the other side. Well, I would think that working with you, you would be the hope on the other side because they see how you made it through. And now they're in the middle of that rope bridge and they go, yeah, but she made it through and she's helping me and I can do this too. I would think that yes. that would be a, a, a great key to that. Could you also talk to us about recovery? Because you say the third phase to move through grief to healing is recovery. And I know you took a three-week road trip after your son died, which was the beginning of your journey to healing and recovery. Everyone's got their own way to do that, but you want to tell us, share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I tell you, one of the best things was this road trip. And I look at it in with positive memories and, um, I just knew personally that I needed to to do something. I needed to get out of town. I needed to do some recovery. And I actually called it, coined it, my road trip to recovery. And I just planned a road trip by myself without my dog, because I wanted to have that flexibility to stop when I wanted, where I wanted. I did have some places I had chosen for hotels. I stayed anything from a sketchy, bed and breakfast um, to a better Airbnb to a hotel um, because they were in the stops that I wanted to be. But so frequently I would stop and hike and journal when I hiked and really started to express my feelings. And that road trip was just absolutely amazing because I felt when I came back, I at least had a sense of where I was going. This happened, Connor passed away in December. This road trip is in March. It was right around his birthday. And so it was important for me to do that. And so much healing came out of it. And then you pulled yourself yourself away from the judgment and all of that, all of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I really did. And, you know, one of those things is that like, talk about that, that judgment is like, oh, you're a single woman, you're going to go by yourself. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you know, this is about me. And actually, I tossed it out to a girlfriend and asked her if she wanted to go. And then I invited her. Mm-hmm. I, and she understood because I decided, it's like, this is about me. I mean, it'd be great to have a road trip with you. Let's plan that for another time. But this road trip was about 
me and I needed that solitude. Well, it sounds like recovery, your recovery was the beginning of self-care, really caring about yourself through this horrible tragedy. You want to talk about that? How yeah, absolutely for all of this? Yeah. And so circling back around to who I've been in my life experiences and my formal um, you know, training as personal trainer, it's recovery. I've so consider myself a holistic group coach. And let me make sure that you look at that as a W, as a holistic with a W because it's the whole body, mm-hmm. mind, spirit, encompassing. So I like to include the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual, because as a personal trainer, educated in exercise science, I know the impact that exercise has on the physical body, but then also the mental body. And to know that if we're not exercising and producing hormones, then our mind's not going to function. I know that if we don't exercise, that our immune system's weakened. If we eat poorly, then our weakened immune system and then depression can worsen. You know, our thoughts can worsen if we don't have a connection with the higher power. For me, that connection is God, but you can have a connection with whatever you call your higher power, that it is so interrelated. If you were to heal just one area, you're missing the opportunity to be a full person with a fulfilling and productive life. So I just, I feel so strongly that it's a holistic grief recovery to be able to move forward. And honestly, Irene, with some of my clients that I've worked with is that when we've gone through the program, they have actually come out on the end of that program in even a much better place than they were prior to losing their loved one. Because, because you, we probably look at, put, yeah, you probably put them in touch with pieces they weren't even aware with, aware of yet. Yeah, absolutely. A- a- absolutely. That's wonderful. Now, this is really important to me. Could you please describe some of the lifelong physical and mental problems not dealing with grief can cause in a person's life? Why oh. should we go through that rope bridge to the other side? What's going to happen? most likely happen if we don't deal with our stuff. Yeah. And you know what? I have seen this too many times as well. You know, I would love to help everybody, but people need to be in a place that they want to be able to move forward and live that fulfilling life. Because I believe that our loved ones want us to continue and want us to carry on. And also just a sidebar here, Irene, death is part of the circle of life. We are meant to die. There's no guarantee, especially with children, that there's a certain order. Somehow or rather along the line, we've come up with this expectation that it's all chronological. Old people die before young people. And I tell you, that is an expectation that is unrealistic. It's hard to swallow. But when we can even recognize that, that makes a difference. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, And if you don't deal with it, it trips you up in other ways down the line. Yeah, it trips you up. And, and because of that, then, then, you know, physically, like I mentioned, you can get sick. And now I can't, I, I do know that stress causes free radicals to um, be exposed in our bodies and that weakens your immune system. And then that can lead to other ailments, you know, anything from the common cold and flu to, um, you know, 
inflammation, chronic diseases, and even can lead into cancer because your body is weakened. And that's a travesty. I mean, you've been through enough, your family's been through enough. So that's one that I look at and, you know, it can impact your um, weight. It can impact your, you know, um, it can lead to diabetes. It can lead to, um, you know, heart issues, cardio, um, um, cholesterol issues. If you're not moving, if you're not eating, you know, you can just see your health decline, their physical health. And then mentally, you know, if you are in a state of depression, let me, I mean, and that you don't have a tribe that you're not living life as it's intended. We are not intended to live life sad. And I would think if I go back to how old I was when Courtney died, and if I'd lived another 50 years and I stayed sad, that would be sorry state of living for me. I didn't want, I mean, that's one of the things that propels me forward. How could I live in that state? What kind of life do I want for myself and for those around me? And if I choose to move forward, that's great. And if I don't, then imagine spending 30 years tucked onto a couch, maybe going to work and not having any love, any connection. And mentally, it just, it can spiral downward. I mean, and, and, and how about the impact on all your other loved ones who you're, oh, you're going to bring them right down with you? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and that's one of the things is, you know, when I ask people, it's like, what, what kind of impact are you having? If you are able to set that example and move forward. And what I do, I turn the tables. Let's think about this. If I were to die and Connor was still here, what would I expect him to do? live, honor me, move forward, enjoy life, enjoy it, live it as it's meant to be. And that's what I ask my clients, like, what is, what's life supposed to be for you? So yeah, it's, it's a huge difference. So yes, you deserve and it's okay. You're meant to move forward. Well, that leads me right to tell us about, you have a free grief breakthrough session. You have a customized grief coaching program for both individuals and groups. You have Thursday thoughts and you have a downloadable report about suicide. Tell us about all these blessings that you have to offer to people who are going through all of this. Irene, and thank you. And one of the things is that because of Connor and Connor saying, mom, you've got people you need to help. This is my gift is to help people understand suicide because I knew the difference it made for me. And so, you know, if you want a free downloadable report, um, just go to it's whysuicide.com and I'll send you out W-H-Y or the letter Y? Oh, W-H-Y, great question. The the great question. And then me, um, and this is a play on words. So remember this, but the grief specialist, and that's what two weeks. And the reason why that is because I've mentioned all of my experience and what I've been exposed to. So I really do feel like I have been through so much and that my experiences, my tools that I've developed, I've gained over the years can work for you. So the grief specialist. So if you go there, there's plenty of opportunities to schedule your free grief breakthrough session. And really it's a connection for you to get the feel what grief coaching is about because it's 
diametrically different than therapy. Therapy focuses so much on the past and so much of it is talk therapy. And then as a grief coach, I focus on action and how to face things when they come up in the future. And if you've not ever experienced it before, this is the opportunity to do that. There's no obligation. It's, it's a time to connect and see if this is something that's going to work for you. And the big question for you is like, am I ready? Am I ready to move forward? Am I ready to live that fulfilling and productive life with somebody who's been through it? I've walked in your shoes. I've been there with a nine-month-old by accident. I've been there with a 24-year-old through suicide and then multiple other family losses in between. So this is your opportunity to really connect and see how it works. And if that's something, if you are ready, like I said, so many people that I work with come in with it and they are grieving. That's to be expected. But after the program, they come out and they have some purpose and they're helping others and they're helping themselves. They're having relationships with their families that their life they are able to envision it. And so through the whole program, but until you've had the opportunity to be exposed to it, you don't know. You don't know, you don't know. And what are these Thursday thoughts you have? Thursday thoughts, you know, I mentioned that I had blogged for, I blogged for a year on Facebook. And rather than continuing to blog every day, I consolidate to once a week where I send out my Thursday thoughts and the things that are, come up anywhere from, you know, I, I still feel my emotions. I still have days when I grieve that I cry, I'm caught in the car, you know, a song comes on or uh, a picture that I see every day, you know, sparks a memory. So I still grieve. And, and so it's my Thursday thoughts. And again, how I'm going through and sharing the tools and, and tips that I'm finding so yeah, you can get that also on the grief specialist, and it says Let's just sign up for one the- more time. So it's T H E E G R I E F S P E C I A L I S T dot com or yes, or, right? The grief specialist.com. Okay, yes. and is that and that's the best way for people to contact you in general, right? Yeah, that's the best way to contact me in general. Absolutely, okay. and then you know. Um, as my book is coming out, we'll be putting that up on my website as well. Um, and, you know, September is a tough month. It's National Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month. And I felt that this was just a really inappropriate time to reach out and help other grieving moms. And so my book will be available in September to help them with this. And I tell you, if you are listening to this, I just want to speak to your your guests, your audience, your listeners here. This may or may not be for you, this story about suicide and how I've come through it. But we have so many people, especially as we're in this pandemic, we're hearing more and more about suicide deaths. And a child can be 10 years old or child may 40 or 50, a mom is still grieving their loss. So if this story resonates with you, please share it. 
share it with somebody that you think will get something from it, that they'll learn something, that they'll learn how one tip or we can give them that step across that rope bridge. But I really want you to share this with those because as Irene has done such a fantastic job of bringing these resources to you, this is another resource. And nobody, no mother needs to grieve alone. We're not meant to do this alone. We have a tribe. We have people that can help us. So this is really important. And I appreciate Irene for bringing this together. She does an amazing amazing job. Thank you so much, Peggy. So with that, you've just given me tremendous joy. What is your tip for finding joy in life? (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. You know, I think really just realizing that life is short and that, you know, learning to laugh every day, learning to laugh at ourselves and being intentional with way we live our life. You know, I hear Again, people that just wake up every day and they don't have a purpose. And your purpose doesn't have to be becoming a grief coach and writing books. But if you have a purpose and and just even helping somebody every day, making somebody else's day by letting them in traffic, opening the door, buying them you know their coffee, um, saying something simple, texting, I love you, or you're the greatest. But really giving others joy helps us to have joy. One of my mentors in my nutrition business always says that if you're having a tough day, take the focus off you and put it on others by helping others because that gives you joy because you've helped somebody else. That's beautiful. Peggy, that's beautiful. Thank you for all that you do to help others on their rope bridge journeys from devastating loss to healing and rebirth, exemplified by this memorable quote from your inspiring book, which everybody has to note that's coming out in September. And here is the quote that I, that just spoke to me, death and loss are part of the circle of life and a painful reality. It is guaranteed to happen to everyone at some time. People react to it uniquely and the effects may remain for months or years. It is your response to loss that impacts your ability to live a fulfilling and productive life. You have a choice. Listen to the needs of your body and your soul. Thank you, Peggy, for courageously role modeling your healing journey from grief to recovery and inspiring others to do likewise. And I thank you from my heart for this really touching and insightful interview. And here's a loving reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and especially on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and hit notify to make sure you'll get inspiring new interviews like this one with Peggy coming your way. Thank you so much. And as I like to say, To be continued, many blessings, and bye for now. Mm